When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey all you heroes, hawks, heralds, crows, pirates, and wardens. Welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast, where we unpack, discuss, and galaxy brain about all the lore behind the Dragon Age series. We are so excited to bring you this podcast. Every episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Dragon Age universe. From character deep dives to exalted marches and elven gods, we will cover it all. There will be spoilers. And always remember, swooping is bad. Hello and welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast, where we talk about Dragon Age and all its lore. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. I did that backwards and it felt weird. Anyway, my name is Shelby or Sheikup. Yeah, and we're here to talk about Dragon Age, but we have a guest with us. Right, Shelby? We do. Would you want to introduce our guest? I can. That's so different from what you normally do. Um, yes, today we have Saria with us. Yes. And we're super excited that you're here. Thanks for joining us. Hello. I'm super excited to talk about Dragon Age. Yeah. I think I talk Yay. about it a lot. So, <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump back into Flemeth. Last week, we talked a lot about her background, her story, the legends that surround her and this week i think we are going to talk about mostly where we see her so i want to talk about where we see her in content because we we really see her in almost every piece of media that we can not every book not every comic but every game so let's look at some of it we've already discussed the silent grove yavana mentions flemeth in this comic she reveals that flemeth is the one that made merrick promise to go to the silent grove when his children were grown and this is the comic uh, this is the um, promise that merrick makes to flemeth during the stolen so we also see flemeth in the stolen throne in this novel merrick and logan are on the run from the orlesians they basically enter the wilds and are captured by a dalish clan who take them to flemeth in exchange for leading them out of the wilds safely she makes merrick promise her something and she makes him promise that he wouldn't share this knowledge with anyone he agrees 
that's what I'm referring to when I talk about the Silent Grove. Um, and then she also tells Merrick that a blight is coming one day soon to Ferelden. And finally, she gives Merrick a very ominous warning about Loghain. And she says, direct quote, keep him close and he will betray you each time worse than the last, which I found really interesting when I read that book. And then, of course, she's an obviously central character in Origins. She's the one in the early games that keeps the plot moving. She's the one that rescues you. She's the one that gives you the Grey Warden treaties. Um, and then once you recover from the Battle of Ostagar, she insists that Morgan goes with you on your quest. So she is really important to the early game of Origins. Um, and during Morgan's side quest, she asks you to find Flemeth's Black Grimoire in the Circle of Magi. You can find it in the First Enchanter's study, which I always wanted to know why the heck does Irving have it? Like, how did he get that? We don't know, I guess. It's never answered. It's always left unknown, um, which I, I really want to know the answer to that question. But anyway, once you give it to Morgan, she starts to study what's in it. She reveals that she's learned that whenever Flemeth's human body begins to wear with age, she raises a daughter to follow in her footsteps, who will then be possessed, which we have already discussed. Um, Morgan obviously doesn't want that. So she asks the warden to kill Flemeth for her. And that's kind of the end of Morgan's side quest. But um, if you lie to Morrigan, you do get the robes of possession um, and her Flemeth's real grimoire. So the real grimoire you give to Morrigan to complete the quest and the robes of possession are what I want to focus on here because they're interesting. They are a wearable mage armor for Morrigan only. And this is a quote from the item's description. The original intent of these robes is clear. A welcome home present from Flemeth designed to sap Morgan's will and ease the ancient sorceress's possession of her daughter. With Flemeth dead, these robes no longer pose a danger to Morgan, but make her help those who get in her way. And then the stats are plus five magic, plus 12 defense, plus 8% spell resistance, plus 20% cold damage, and minus one willpower. Um, I find that pretty dark um but we also learn in origins that the dark ritual morgan attempts to undergo in order to conceive kieran was designed supposedly by flemeth and that this ritual is the sole reason that flemeth sent morgan with the warden originally so flemeth wants the child that has Erthemiel's trapped soul i want us to have a discussion a little bit for a minute about this um answer the question like why does she want this in the first place? What do you think she'll do with Kieran once she gets hold of him? Which we do know is an option, is a possibility when we get to Inquisition. I think there's that whole loophole of the Evanaris being related to the old gods. Um, perhaps Byron wants to stick to that route. I mean, that's a huge, it's still considered a theory. Um that's the only reason I can see why what she wants. She wants something to do with ancient power. I mean, that's her whole theme is to preserve ancient power. And the old gods is like one of the biggest uh, religions that the Taventers believe in. So why not? Why not grab an extra soul? Um, but she wants it uncorrupted, which I think is really interesting too. 
Like she wants nothing right. to do with the blight. If anything, she does not like the blight. She wants nothing to do with it. I always go back to like, is it because we get from Morgan? And we can discuss whether Mythal is really attached to Flemeth or if it's a spirit of Mythal, but is it something that Flemeth developed or is it something that Mythal has developed? And this is something that she is doing to take vengeance upon the old gods, if they are related to the Evanuris in any way. Maybe the Evanuris didn't actually betray Mythal, and it was the old gods manipulating the scenes or whatever, and then Solus did what he did um, and trapped, and maybe that's what kind of corrupts the Magisters in the first place, is that they break into the Black City, into the Golden City or whatever, and it's corrupted because Solus trapped evil spirits or gods in there. Yeah, that's interesting. I think um, I think that there is is some kind of connection in this because there is also a fan theory that Andraste was like Kieran in that she, when she was born, had the soul of Dumont inside of her because she was born the same year that the first blight ended. So I think that theory makes a lot of sense. And I think that if that's true, that definitely gives credence to the theory that Mythal, the Evanuris, some other God wants these souls of the old gods. Yeah. I just feel like we're running into like tinfoil with these types of things. Yeah. With, I do agree with the Andraste part of her like birth in the year is just way too coincidental. And I think even it states in like world of Thetis volume two about how it's like weird convenience. Um, the other thing is with Kieran, um, I think maybe we'll go into this later, but like it's a son all of a sudden. So that's also a mm -hmm. weird notion because we know that Flemeth has daughters and now all of a sudden Morgan has a son. And then Kieran will ex probably explain later, like states that she's the inheritor of the new age, which obviously kind of explains that, yes, Morgan probably is going to get possessed by Flemeth. Um, but I think she really needs it because I truly believe that the old gods are linked to the Evaneris. It's just way too coincidental now. And that she wants revenge for what the Evaneris did to her. So that I think is a Mythal plan mm -hmm. more than a Flemeth thing. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we have to assume at a point of like, Mythal is no longer in possession. Whatever she took from Kieran in that scene, where she and we'll talk. I guess we'll talk about that when we get to DAI a little bit. But whatever she took from Kieran, we could assume that Solus now has it. And so, if we take this point, I'm going to bring in another theory, which I do not believe for one second that Solus is the true villain of Dreadwolf. I think the Dreadwolf, like Shelby, I think the Dreadwolf is something else. I think Solus knows something is coming, and I think he's gathering the most powerful forces he can to stand against it. Yeah, there's a lot of theories out there. I know we get tinfoily all the time, but when the lore is this deep, connections arise, you know? Um, so 
Anyway, let's move into DA2 for a little bit because we do see her in Dragon Age 2. So we know Flemeth encounters the Hawk family as they're trying to leave Lothering and they're accompanied by Aveline and her husband. In dragon form, she saves them from Darkspawn and then um, they she Flemeth takes them over to Kirkwall. And of course, this is where we see the appearance difference. She's wearing makeup. She's got a real fancy outfit, the horns, all kinds of stuff. Um, and so basically she wants Hawk to take this amulet to the keeper, keeper Marathari um, in exchange for getting them to safety. And so when you do that and you take the um, amulet to the Dalish, the, um, Meryl does a ritual on it um, and Flemeth is basically reborn because she has stored a piece of it within herself. And she basically says like, this is a form of security in case Morgan was successful in getting the warden to kill me. Um, You can ask, are you real in this conversation? And she basically says that she's not limited to being in one place at one time, which confirms our earlier theory that maybe she's got multiple daughters in multiple places and then she tells hawk that change is about to come to the world and gives a bunch of cryptic warnings to them and then she flies away and that's pretty much all we get in dragon age 2 so in inquisition this is where things really get interesting and even tinfoily we (laughs) We know that Morgan tells us that Flemeth is actually a reincarnation of some sort of Mithal, um, the ancient elven goddess. Again, we're not going to get too into that today, but Flemeth admits in this that when she was human ages ago, she called out into the darkness and a wisp of Mithal came to her and answered that call and granted Flemeth all she ever wanted, basically. And that's how she's alive now. And Flemeth, basically, her entire goal is to give Mithal the justice that was denied to her, which, quote, will be a reckoning that will shake the heavens of Thetis. And then we've got several different options for what can happen here. So if if the warden performs the dark ritual, Flemeth offers Morgan a deal. Flemeth keeps Kieran and Morgan will be free of Flemeth forever. Or Kieran returns to Morgan, but Flemeth will always pursue her. Morgan refuses to leave Kieran with her and is even willing to make the ultimate sacrifice of her own life to protect Kieran. But Flemeth instead extracts the soul of Erthemiel from him and gives him back. This is when we learn that Flemeth cannot possess an unwilling host and that Morrigan was, quote, never in danger. I don't agree with that, but whatever. Um, If the warden did not perform the dark ritual, Flemeth claims that all she desires is to see who drank from the Well of Sorrows. If it's the Inquisitor, she instructs them to master the dragon, acting as the altar's guardian, and that gives you the dragon ally, and then she leaves, but not before telling Morgan, again, that she was never in danger from her and all of that. And then we have that epilogue scene, right? In the aftermath of Corypheus's dying and defeat, Flemeth is seen sending something magical through the Alluvion. Solus, of course, encounters her in an unknown location next to the Alluvion in a post-epilogue conversation. She reveals him to be the dread wolf Fenharel, addressing him as, quote, an old friend, while also chastising him for allowing Corypheus access to the orb. 
After their brief conversation, Flemeth basically expresses very extreme disappointment towards Solus, and then they hug, at which Flemeth seems to be affected by him in some way and collapses in his arms, petrified, and Solus's eyes are glowing. And then we see him do this multiple times later in Trespasser and in the comics as well. So that's what happens in Inquisition. I'm sure we have thoughts about the ending um, of all of this with Flemeth. So if you have thoughts, please share them. Um, I, I just think that it would be interesting to me. I know I said that I don't think Solus is the big bad dread wolf, but it would be very interesting to me if Elgernon and Ben Harrell are actually the same person. I don't know if there's a basis for that though no, i thought so, you were gonna say it would be interesting to you if elgernon was the big bad which i that's my headcanon i think that's oh, likely i agree but hear me out for a second because like solace has this like weird obsession with mythal and like i know in the lore like they're friends but it would be interesting to me if like solace moves against her because Solus is actually Elgernon and is looking for vengeance himself. That would be interesting, but I don't think there's evidence for it. So another question <laughs> I have, just to kind of think, is <laughs> I never have no. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that scene because I've never noticed her pushing something through the Olivian. And so, how have you never noticed that? Well, because I'm. I don't. Attention to detail is not my occasion. I am the person. <laughs> I am the person who went to the Archdemon fight his first time with Dog. Logan. That's fair. I forgot about Wynn. Dog. Dog, Logan, and it, that was the people that it, I went with. Didn't you also oh, not man. remember to call your troops? Yes. Well, that was another thing. But uh, I forgot to. I never even knew that Sten and Liliana existed because I just rushed right past Lothering. I said, I'll come back to it later. And then I went, tried to go back to it later and jokes on me because the blight destroyed it. Um, we know the Alluvians connect to the crossroads. Is the crossroads the fade or is it another location? Um, it's kind of emphasized. It's like an in-between world, just like okay. how the uh, wellspring is. Mm -hmm. oh, I see. In the I descent. See. Well, I just think it's interesting. Maybe she sent Ephemeral's soul in through the Lubian. I mean, I think that's the most obvious thing to think about. Or she sent her own way to, she knew that Solus was coming and something would happen. So she sent her own kind of like security assurance. Like, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what it was, but um, I, we may find out. We may not find out. I just think it's a weird coincidence that Flemeth happens to tell Hawk and send Hawk exactly to the place in the same Dalish clan that the warden can come from. That's fair. You know, Morgan, though, also says, like, Flemeth is the biggest threat to Thetis. So for me, all of these things are connected. I don't think she does anything accidentally. I think everything's intentional. That's true. All right. Well, I think now would be a good time for a break. Yeah, let's do it. Ah, Hawk stepped in the poopy. I love you. 
Want a sandwich? All this for me. No, I didn't get Alexius anything. Send him a fruit basket. Everyone loves those. All right. So welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about all the things about the podcast that don't have to do with the lore of Dragon Age. It's here where we thank our patrons. Thank you all to all who support us on Patreon. A special thank you to our first patron, Genesis. Uh, our divine tier patron kit and the one and only all powerful Nug King Lewis H. A special thank you for that. Yeah. So if you want to support us on Patreon, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash Dragon Age Lorecast. And we have launched merch. We have launched stickers with the Patreon. And you can sign up to the Patreon. And if you want to qualify for those stickers, which will come out once a quarter, you need to sign up at the Antiven Crow tier, which is a $10 a month tier. If you sign up there, you will receive these stickers. You can find those stickers when you sign up for Patreon. You can see what those stickers will look like. There's lots of fun ones from Mobari to our character deep dives to a lot of fun sticker designs to see there. Um, and actually, actually um, anybody can see the sticker designs. You don't have to be a patron to see them. So if you are not sure you want to sign up and be a patron um, until you see what the stickers look like, that's totally fine. You can see them on Twitter and you can see them on Patreon at our Patreon website um, because I made that post public. So yeah, you can go check that out before you sign up. Um, And also I just wanted to shout out, um, the person who created these stickers for us. Her name is Lauren. You might also know her as Fourth Lantern on Twitter. And she's got a website. She's also in our Discord. And so we'll put the website link in our episode description for today. Um, but the designs are absolutely amazing. Her artwork is phenomenal. And I just love them. So if you love her work too, definitely commission her for something. Yeah. And just a final reminder, if you want those, you need to sign up at the Antiving Crow tier, which is the $10 a month tier. Yes, and special thank you to Fourth Lantern for designing those stickers for us. Uh, If you can't support us on Patreon, we totally get that. A great way to support us again is to leave us ratings and reviews on Apple or Spotify. If you leave us a review with with five stars, we will read it out on a future episode of the show. And we have a review to read today. We do. And this one comes from Psych, who you may know from patron episodes or the Discord or maybe even the MCU Lorecast. And Psych says this, love Dragon Age. Listen to this podcast. Five stars. Simply put, the cups are astonishing. Their combined ability to break down complex lore topics into bite-sized information is amazing in its own right. But throw in great chemistry and a genuine love for both this game series and each other. Those qualities are what bring me back on every drop date. The lively community on their Discord server is one of the most wholesome places on the internet. From tips and tricks to real-world problem-solving, the cups have provided it. I hope 2023 is another year of growth for this podcast and for them personally. Thank you so much, Psych, for that really awesome and touching review. Um, Also, this reminds me, side note, we do have love for each other because we're married. Um, Apparently, some people don't know that. So just important to say we are married. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how people don't know that, but you know what? That's okay. (laughs) 
And it's just a certain, you can find a partner who ends up being more nerdy than you are about video games. That would be you, not me. I just play more games than you do, but you are nerdier about the games we play. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to agree to disagree. Yes. All right. Uh, with that being said, you can come hang out with us on the Cups Podcasting and more uh, Discord. You can find that link in the episode description to come and hang out with us, talk about the Dragon Age Lorecast, the Assassin's Creed Lorecast, the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast, and a bunch of other stuff that you can come out to see that. If you are listening to this and you're... You forget, you can always forget to look in our episode description. You can always find the Discord link on our new website, which you can go check out, the, our cupspodcasting.com. You can check that out to find a link to our Discord, learn about our Minecraft server, to check out our podcast, to sign up for Patreon. You can do it all there and check out our website, cupspodcasting.com. And I think that's all we have for the middle of the show. I think you're right. Let's get back into it. <laughs> Up there, giant icicle tits. Ice tittles. You're looking for titsicles. Oh, that's good. Yes, and it's a real nice night for an evening. Um. <laughs> oh, you fear barbarians will swoop down upon you. Yes, swooping is. Um, but so I'm going to turn it over to Saria for a little bit because she has some really interesting theories about Flemeth that I think we should talk about. Yeah. Um, so I've talked about this on my side of my channel, but, um, primarily I think one of the strongest ones that a lot of people have mentioned in the fandom is her being like a descendant or some somewhat related to Andraste because her story is so similar. Um, now personally, I, I think it's weird that personally that the Bioware writers don't want to introduce Flemeth actually being Andraste mainly because the writers just want to make her to be kind of like a pinnacle of a faith um, god and they don't want to like prove their exi- his existence or anything like that so I can't really like make those two merge together although it is it is a good theory um, but but there is something interesting that they do write in uh, the world of Thetis is that she's a descendant or someone someone is a descendant of Flemeth. Um, so when we talk about the legend of Flemeth, where she remains locally, is, of course, Southern Thetis, which, of course, was where Andraste was, uh, specifically Denerim. But with Flemeth in her castle in High Ever, and then she turns to the Chastened, it, she's just in Southern Ferelden. She's, she's made her home in Southern Ferelden. But it leads me to theorize that she is somewhere near the lineage of Andraste, particularly the chastened links back to the Alamari people due to the lineage of Klain. So, of course, we know that they split into Orlais, different parts of southern Thetis. So, um, but whether Flemeth is like truly chastened or not, she clearly links from the Alamari descent if she occupied southern, southern Thetis. And while her legend begins in the Tower's Age, and Andraste starts in the ancient timeline, we kind of have to like jump hop uh, with a 400 year gap almost between negative 103 ancient when Andraste was born. So with that gap, Andraste is known to birth two daughters, which were known as Ibris and Vivial. 
And Ebris died young, so we can completely mark her off of not being a descendant of Ebris. But Vivial was said to have been married to a Tavine mage called Regulon, and this was in World of Thetis. It specifically states that Vivial had several children, all daughters. The, the record is vague as to their names. For their mother actively sought to destroy any record and also used people of the maker to help her destroy it too. So something is interesting between Vivial and the fact that they like literally state, oh, she only had daughters. It's like, okay, who else had daughters was of course Flemeth. So while it's just a theory, there seems to be like the legend of Dane, which links Flemeth with what we stated before. And part of that story, Dane is kind of theorized to live in the divine age because she he's like the son of Hafter. And doing all the math, it would line up she would be near Vivial if if she obviously helped with the legend of Dane. Now we did say that, of course, adding Flemeth in would add oomph. So again, you could write that off. So again, this is a theory, and whether Flemeth is actually Vivial or Vivial's daughter or anything like that, it's just strange that the lore emphasized that Vivial only had daughters. And it seems to be a similar trait to Flemeth with her lineage of daughters, too. And also, it makes her kind of highly powerful with the mage Regulon, with being a, um, perhaps even knowing, maybe he was a blood mage. I don't know. We There's so much things we don't know about Tevinter yet, but we do know that there are powerful mages, especially back in the ancient timeline, too, that they could mm. even be a dreamer. So we don't know much of Regulon, but we do know Andraste was also pretty powerful with her ashes. So, you know, mix those two together. Flemeth could be something that we really really haven't anticipated in a while yeah i really like this theory i think that there's a lot of evidence to support this especially with the old god baby stuff like if mm -hmm. if andraste was had the soul of an old god within her and flemeth is the one that tells morgan about this i think that that connection makes so much sense like of course it would be passed down as something that you do through this family i think that makes complete sense um the only thing that i can think of really that kind of disproves this theory currently which is this is really minor but with the daughters um vivial and her daughters like they were actively destroying all these records but what this what this reminds me of is that some of the lore i think a codex entry says that um andraste when like the chantry really started they tried to destroy any evidence of andraste's earthly marriage and like her children obviously they couldn't destroy all evidence of her marriage since mafrath is literally the one that betrays her um but their argument is kind of like oh well they never like consummated that marriage she stayed pure for the maker or whatever kind of that narrative but um i, I feel like if that's kind of their argument, they would want to destroy evidence of any of her children. But at the same time, why wouldn't she then, why wouldn't the Chantry also want to destroy evidence of Vivial too? It just speaks to her daughters. So it's really interesting to me in this point and perhaps because we know that Flemeth is not easily killed. Perhaps she is Andraste. Perhaps, like, 
her cesarean didn't actually kill her, which I just, I also think if she has the soul of DeMont in there, it's just hilarious that she is eventually killed by a Tevinter Archon. That's hilarious to me. The irony of that is fantastic. What adds to that is that there was this, like, where you can use the fly cam in Inquisition. You can see that Corypheus, the fight with Corypheus underneath Corypheus is literally the mural of Mithal. And he's, like, obviously summoning Dumont. People theorize, well, this has to be somebody similar to Andraste and even Mithal. Perhaps Dumont is Mithal. So there's just, like, a lot of... um similarities to the old gods again with the Evaneris, but yeah i think it's that's why i get so not not completely angry but a little bit like come on where they are like no we're not going to show anything about the maker and i'm like oh that doesn't that makes it harder for um Mm -hmm. us to link things with andraste because she's just kind of just her figure on her own yet you have so many other things that are linking to the maker being something else or andraste obviously being like flemeth yeah there's just some okay. inconsistencies there. And then my last point kind of comes into this about the link to the old gods. And I think is a good segue into your next little theory that you're going to talk here about the blights is that both the people that we see that claim or make a claim to have some relation to the, the Evanuris have adverse reactions to both the blight and the Great Wardens. Solus hates the Great Wardens, and he hates the fact that they would go searching for these old gods. He And it's like, it seems like when you talk to him about it, it seems so like out of the blue. And he has so much disdain for the Great Wardens. You do anything that's positive for the Great Wardens, and he disapproves, greatly disapproves all of this stuff. The only time I think that you get worse disapproval with him is if you conscript the mages. Um, and so that's interesting. And then Flemeth obviously has this, like, she hates the blight, she hates the dark spawn. She actively works to remove that. So I think that there there has to be some kind of connection between these two people for why they have such an adverse reaction to anything associated with the Grey Wardens and the blight. Yeah. Um, and that leads me down to to the second theory where Flemeth could be behind the blight completely. Uh, personally, I don't really, I've, I follow this theory. I've, I've stated this theory many times because it, it seems to be a very popular theory in the fan base, uh, mainly just because like the calling and like there's obviously something behind the calling. Well, we know it's like the song that the Darkspawn and even the Grey Wardens hear um, at the end of their lifespan. Primarily, the Grey Wardens call it the calling, like that's where it came from. Um, and it sends them down to the deep roads to obviously that's the end of their life because they're going to kill Darkspawn or end up being a Darkspawn. And this calling leads to find the prison of the old god to create an archdemon. That's the whole lore behind the blight anyways. And now it's not clear whether the calling sounds different for each old god. Like perhaps there's a different song for each old god. Um Perhaps some are more stronger due to the proximity of where their prisons are. Um, But the theory suggests that Flemeth is behind all of the calling, all of the old gods, mainly due to her knowledge and needing the use of every old god's soul. And this is just from the proof of Arthemiel, the, what is it, the dragon of beauty. 
And with using the dark ritual, obviously Morgan kind of states it's like blood magic in its own form. So state that like Morgan and particularly particularly Flemeth knows all this stuff. It's like, where is she learning all this stuff? How does she know this stuff? Is she completely controlling these things to happen so that she can obviously get all these souls uncorrupted? She also states in like in her like whole monologue as uh, in Inquisition, she was betrayed as I was betrayed. And at the end, she kind of like looks with disdain and says, alas, so as long as the music plays, we dance. She says this in front of Morgan and the player character. And as this seems to be like more of like a figure of speech for some people, what if Flemeth is truly speaking about so long as like, you know, this this calling is still working, my plan's still going. You know, that's that's what a lot of fans state. Um, the other thing that I seem to think is the very like very temporally, but I do state this many times is that there's a huge theory if you reverse the well of sorrows, if particularly if the player character obviously drinks from it, you hear these whispers. Um, that if you like shift them backwards and clear out like the background. Uh, it it has like really creepy indications of like she speaks, go to him. There's like tons of like different words that they state. Um, again, this is tenfold because it's like you're obviously reversing things. Um, and then it says she speaks the calling. So that's why this this is a huge theory, and it's one of the more popular ones is that Flemeth can be behind it because she's obviously Mathal and all that stuff. I think this this does have some merit, though. I agree. I think there is some kind of merit there because there is so much of her being associated with the blight, rescuing people from the blight, promising people to do things about the blight, you know. So I, I agree that there is there is something there. I'm not quite sure if she's personally behind it all. Um, but yeah, I agree. There's there is something there's some connection for sure. And, like, from a lore perspective, like, future-seeking visions of the future prophecy in that make is not something we really see in Dragon Age outside of, like, theories of, like, the Maker and Liliana saying, like, the Maker gives her a vision or whatever. How does Flemeth know a blight is coming then? How can she tell Merrick that a blight is coming soon? Decades before. Right. Enough yeah. to like make him paranoid, and which saving, leads where he is in the calling. And saving us and Alistair mm-hmm. and for for the next blight. It, it just it's way too coincidental. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I really enjoyed these fan theories. Thanks for bringing them. Thanks for doing the research. Um lots of tinfoil in the dragon age fandom it's kind of what we're known for uh one of the things at least but um so i have teased so far that i have a soapbox that i want to get on um which i'm going to do now and this this has been a recent soapbox of mine um when the two girls one ship podcast started and they talked about the morgan romance is kind of the first time i heard this it's not really a theory. It's just kind of an argument. Um, And I very much agree with it. And so I've done a lot of research into some of this. And so my theory is that Flemeth is abusive to Morgan. Um, I don't think she's a good mom. I think 
there's a lot of signs of abuse that Morgan demonstrates in in origins especially um notably she's afraid very afraid of flemeth afraid that flemeth is going to kill her but even more than that there are so many things that morgan says um like how she was kept in complete and total isolation her entire life how she doesn't understand why she would love Flemeth, how she doesn't believe in love at all. Um, All of these, I think, are signs of an abused Morrigan. And when I say abused, I do mean mostly emotional abuse and manipulation. But also, I think there there is some evidence of physical abuse as well. So let me present to you some of the some of my arguments. Uh, So first, I think. The fact that Flemeth keeps Morrigan in complete and total isolation is absolutely horrible. Like, that is a known number one. Like, that's what you do. Like, when you are an abuser, you want to isolate your victim so that they don't have anyone to go to. Um, In conversations, Morrigan tells a lot, a lot of stories of emotional abuse, at the least. Um, I think the, the most important story is that as a child, Morrigan steals a mirror and um, Flemeth is so angry with her that she breaks the mirror and she like basically yells at her and demeans her about it. Like, why would you be so stupid to care about a trinket, basically? But she's a kid, like, anyway. Um, And so then the player character can give Morgan a replica of a mirror and... Morgan says she's never received a gift. She's never received a gift. Um, Morgan is also pretty often mocked and berated when you are at Flemeth's hut. So this is obviously plain emotional abuse. Um, Another thing about the hut is that there's only one bedroom. There's only one bed. Where does Morgan sleep? Um, do they have another hut? There's not one anywhere close that we can see. Um, so does Morgan have to sleep on the floor? Um, this is kind of unknown. Um, and then I think notably Morgan's inability to understand why she would love Flemeth or why she would love anyone is a pretty, um, I think heartbreaking symptom effect of this abuse. Um, she talks about Flemeth taught her useful things she didn't teach her love she didn't teach her how to love people or why you would love people she did not teach her or show her love she only was concerned with the practical um and she also morgan was also taught that she was not only that she was taught not only that love was unimportant but that morgan was undeserving of love and that she was undeserving of happiness. Like that's a direct quote. Um, And also because of all of this, Morgan then believes that love is a weakness. And, you know, a lot of people who grow up in abusive households, they kind of replicate some of the beliefs of their especially abusive parent. So we see this happening with Morgan. And then my last two things I want to talk about with this, I think, This is the only kind of evidence we have of physical abuse with Morgan and Flemeth. But in the Fade, um, Morgan's spirit um, person slaps 
or Flemeth's spirit person slaps Morrigan. So it it leads me to reason that the things that happen in the fade in those nightmares are things that do happen or could happen in the real world, in the real Thetis. And so if if Morrigan is dreaming about Flemeth hitting her, then that is something that has happened or could happen in real life, in real Thetis. And then my last thing that I want to bring up, which I talked about this on our Morrigan episode, but um, Morrigan's end quote in Dragon Age Inquisition is really striking to me. And it it very much demonstrates the kind of mother that Flemeth was. And Morgan says this, I am many things, but I will never be the mother you were to me. So for all of those reasons, I think that Flemeth is an abusive parent to Morgan. And that is my soapbox. And I will die on this hill. (laughs) Uh, No, I absolutely do agree with that. Um, I have seen that within my own life. And that's probably why I relate to those two characters the most. Um, with their dynamics between each other and their relationship, I, it's not. It is, and it's really hard to talk about mm-hmm. that, and because mm-hmm. it is, it is a very sensitive t- subject. Abuses, um, and now I'm not in defense of Flemeth at all, but I think with we when we talked about like the abomination changing her, perhaps it did, perhaps it didn't. Um, I think there's also like this merge between not keeping someone close therefore you end up abusing that person i think there's a little bit of that because she obviously was betrayed so perhaps she only uses the people she love because she's afraid of being used for specifically Mm. flemeth is afraid of being betrayed again so maybe there's just there's just like this dynamic that i feel like um flemeth was kind of catered this way to become abusive to people she loved because she was afraid so like i said it's not in defense of her at all but i do see the abuse i do see why morgan says that thing and it's so powerful the way she says it in inquisition when you have the son just like the desperation she had to sacrifice herself for kieran that's just proof of what morgan or what flemeth would never do for morgan it was groundbreaking to see what she said about Flemeth, just standing up to her. And yeah, it's pretty rough with, with what you see in Origins and just the way that Morgan acts and not being deserving of love. It just, it's, it hurts me. It does hurt me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It gets to me like ever since like that episode of the Two Girls One Shit podcast and just talking about it like i cannot bring myself to let her drink from the well of sorrows i cannot bring myself mm-hmm. to bind her to flipment the only time i'm going to consider it even then like i don't know what i'm going to do on my soulless mancing playthrough because both options are icky and abusive yeah i also think i want to go back a little bit like talking about flemeth recreating abusive patterns right like i think it's um regardless of which of the myths of her background is true doesn't really matter um because i think we see abuse in both situations like if her husband would literally sell her 
to a man who would give him wealth. And then also the the band Conobar guy, like he basically saw her as an object. So I think you can probably assume that she saw some kind of abuse from these men in her life. Um, so, you know, it's, it's pretty common that people who are abusers have also been abused. Now that's not to say that everyone who is abused is now going to be an abuser, not at all. Um, but most abusers just statistically have been abused in some way. So I think that pattern being there is, I think it, it, it is an important thing to mention. Mm-hmm. D- to add to that, do we now think Solus is kind of good because he therefore did end Flemeth's life at the epilogue? I go back. I think the way Inquisition sets it up, we leave it feeling like Mithal is a good person because of how Mithal is introduced to us in the lore. So when we learn that Flemeth is Mithal, we automatically get this point of like, oh, well, you're a good, you're a spirit of justice. You have to be good. But time and time again, we've seen in Dragon Age that these people who are supposed to be champions of justice are not. The Templars mm-hmm. are supposed to be justice and peace and protection for the everyday people, and they are not. The Chantry is supposed to bring justice, and they are not. Like, these are even like the Inquisition itself is supposed to bring justice and retribution for the divine Justinian's death, but they have the potential to be abusive and everything. And so I think that, I think a point that Bioware writers are trying to make is that justice is easily corruptible. Yeah. And I do not trust Flemeth based on what has been offered to her. I don't trust Solus either. So I don't I don't know what the two of them have concocted or are planning to do right now, but I don't like it. Fair. I also think it's interesting that you bring up the Bioware writers because I agree. I agree, but uh, I have to put on my critique and criticism hat for a minute because on Mother's Day last year, they made a post on the Bioware Twitter page about all the mothers in Dragon Age, or maybe it was in all of the Bioware games. I don't remember if it was both the Dragon Age and Mass Effect, but regardless, Flemeth was one of the characters, and I just feel like that's really, really messed up. Um, And I think I said something about it when they did that um, because... Plymouth is not a good mother. She's not a mother of, she's not a mother figure that we want to, to replicate or like be mothers like. And so I feel like that's a big miss that Bioware made. That's a big mistake. It's actually, I think, very offensive, um, especially since like a lot of people have bad relationships with their mothers. Like this is not an isolated thing to a small group of people. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people struggle with mother's day. Um, And so the fact that they would do that just kind of strikes me as like, y'all don't know your own character. So I, I am am hesitant um, of any kind of like additions to the Flemeth lore. Right. Um, I also think that like it's hard to find mothers, good mothers or even good parents in Dragon Age. Like I can really, I had to push myself and I can name three good parents 
Um, yeah, so I don't want us to get too like super bogged down in talking about Flemeth as a bad mom because I could go on forever and ever. So um, do y'all have anything to add before we move into quotes? Not for me. Cool. So um six. Okay, so we have six quotes and three of us. So um why don't we just kind of alternate um reading some of the quotes and then um after we finish reading them all, you we can talk about um where are they now and like we'll and then we'll talk about why you love or hate Flemeth. So I can go first and then Austin, you want to go and then Saria, you can go after that and then we'll just kind of repeat. So the first um quote I have is men's hearts hold shadows darker than any tainted creature. Next one is I laugh at a world full of stupid humans who ignore the blight's evil and abandon their vigilance to pursue mortal goals. Next one is hurtled into the chaos you fight and the world will shake before you. Is it fate or chance? I can never decide. The next one is, we stand upon the precipice of change. The world fears the inevitable plummet into the abyss. Watch for that moment. And when it comes, do not hesitate to leap. It's only when you fall that you learn whether you can fly. They do not want the truth. And I, I am but a shadow lingering in the sun. I nudge history when it's required. Other times a shove is needed. So a lot of really interesting quotes from Morgan. I think some of them completely confirm some of our fan theories. I think others maybe disprove them a little bit. Just really interesting. But um, before we talk about why we love or hate Flemeth or give any thoughts on the quotes, um, I just want to give an update as to where Flemeth is now, which is she is along with the Wisp of Mythal, petrified by Solus during the epilogue of Dragon Age Inquisition. So I will turn it over to y'all too, um, to, and I'll go last to talk about why you love or hate Flemeth or give any final thoughts or any um, reflections you had on the quotes. I love Flemeth. I think it's hard to hate Flemeth. I think it's easy to like hate like what she represents or what she does, but like to hate her as a character for me would be hard because she's such a well-developed character. And like a well-written character and an important addition to the lore. And I think that like what I like about her is like she's goofy and cryptic and all this, but she spouts these like moments of wisdom, which I know, Shelby, one of the quotes you read was is one of your favorite quotes from all of Dragon Age, which is we stand upon the precipice of change. And it's just a moment of like, it's only when you fall that you learn how to fly, like these moments of wisdom that come from Flemeth. Um, make me like her as a character but like there's all that like thing like it's wisdom but it's always wisdom that ends with okay you've got to put yourself in danger and that's what makes me not trust her so I don't necessarily hate Flemeth but I do not trust Flemeth at all I think yeah like I'll piggyback on that like she is a multifaceted character there's so many sides to her um including more with behind methal uh just adds more i like discovering what she's been through but i 
I just hate the way she acts. I think it's more of her acts. Who she is is very interesting. I love how she, who she is, how she came to be. That's very interesting. Who she is and, and what she's done, that's where I start to go, okay, there's a little bit of evil in in her actions. I don't think there's anything morally correct. I, I think, because I know we're not mentioning the Avenirs, but I don't think the Avenirs are morally correct at all. So for her to be a part of it, I'm like, okay, well then that obviously makes sense because she hasn't really done the things in a good way. She's helped heroes. It's up to the heroes to really do the good things, but she it's always in for her, in for herself at the end of the day. I think personally, especially with like the whole story with Hawk, that was all in it for herself. Right, and like just to piggyback off that real quick before Shelby goes, it's like you know. Yes, she helps hero heroes, but so did Hera. And did Hera really mm. do good things for heroes in Greek mythology? Like, great point. That is a really good point. Um, I also am conflicted about Flemeth. I mean, we do character deep dives like once a month, and I by the end of them, I almost never say I dislike them. Like they're. I thought that that was going to happen with Anders and then the end of the episode came along and I was like, I feel for Anders. I do. Um, but for me, I, I just can't get over the way she treats Morgan. Um, I think, I think a lot of people probably feel that way. Um, at least people who have been abused. Um, and so for me, like it's, it's just something I can't get over. Like, so I I agree with you, Austin, that we can't trust her at all. Um, but at the same time, like, can we really put her on the level of Elgernon? Can we really yeah. put her on the level of Daenerys? I don't think so, um, because I think in a way she does keep the story moving. She does try to do some good things, Um so I, I am really conflicted. I don't feel like I could say I love Flemeth or I hate Flemeth because I I don't feel that I don't feel either of those things. I guess I just feel conflicted. So maybe that's where I'm going to land on this one. Right. And like it comes back to me for this in response to that, like Solas has a quote that like he's mad at the Evanuris because they killed Mithal, who was the best among us. Yeah. This is the best the best like at this point the maker is the only deity in all of Thetis that actually wants good for the world and he like doesn't even like them right <laughs> he doesn't yeah. even like, like wants humans. nothing to do with his creation <laughs> right like <laughs> these deities suck like and it's just around that way of all of that and just like the more I learn about Flemeth, the more I'm like, I don't want to follow the Evanuris. Like, there's a lot of ways. I mean, you have, like, some people, like, Andriel, who is, like, less crazy, but she still, like, kills all her monsters, right? She, yeah, she, like, goes hunting in the void and um, is kind of goes off the deep end there for a while. So, right. yeah. Like, there's not good deities in Thetis. They, that's why I usually say that Mathal is the antagonist of Thetis with, with the veil intact because she is the one who for really made Fen'Harel do all this stuff. So, and then is ending up doing it again. She is the one that's pushing us. 
Good points. Um, this is all the content I have on Flemeth. We have gone way over our allotted time, um, but that's okay. Thank you, Saria, for being here and for sharing your thoughts and fan theories. This has been a really awesome episode, and I can't wait for everybody to hear it. Let people know where they can find you, where they can follow you, what kind of things you got going on. Yeah, so I primarily do YouTube now, but uh, it's Saria Lou, and I'm on Twitter. It's Saria Lou, and on TikTok and Twitch as Saria Lou. So that it's usually the same name. But yeah, I'd be I, I'd be making Bioware content as well. Oh, um, before we go, I wanted to ask. So I saw your stream with the Cullen Corypheus mod. Did you create that mod or did you just stream that? No, I just streamed it and it ended up being like edited on YouTube. Um that is from Padme. I don't know if you know Padme. They do a lot of mods for Frosty in, in Frosty. So yeah, they do a lot of like Solus as the Inquisitor mod. So shout out to them because yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I saw that. It was absolutely hysterical. Go check out those videos if you ever want to know what would it be like if you could romance Corypheus in Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> It's so cursed. So, like, I have a question about this just real quickly. In the scene at Haven, is, like, Corypheus standing next to you as Corypheus is also standing up next to whoever is attacking you? So, technically, I only did it, like, I only used, like, my main character saves. So, I only entered into the romance. But I'm pretty sure, because I have replaced Colin with Solus before, and you can see those scenes. So, I'm pretty sure you can see Corypheus in Haven as, as, uh, as Colin. It's so bad. That's hilarious. But anyway, yeah, thank you for being here. We really appreciate it and had fun talking to with you. We love when people come on to... Talk about Dragon Age. That's what we love to do. Uh, before we wrap up, I do have a special thank you to our Nug King tier patron, Lewis H., who gets thanked at the end of every episode of the show. Other than that, thank you all for listening to us at the Dragon Age Lorecast. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at DA Lorecast. If you have any lore questions, topics to unpack, or side character suggestions, join our Cups Podcasting and More Discord server. It's easily the best place on the internet. You can also support us financially through our Patreon. You can find us there on patreon.com slash dragonagelorecast. The Dragon Age Lorecast is part of the Robots Radio Network. For more information about the Robots Radio Network, join the Discord server via the link in our episode description. If you enjoyed the show or learned something new today, please subscribe, leave us a review, and join the Patreon. And if you enjoyed our intro and outro music, give a big thank you to Pipe Man Studios. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thanks again for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. We'll see you next time.
Hello, Vault Dwellers. Join me, Jax's sassy lady Romer, Eric, and the creator, Maverick, as we take topics from the Fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it using at FalloutRTD. You can send us an email using FalloutRTD at gmail.com. Join us. The conversation has already started.